Well, Happy New Year to everyone. It's uh, good to be here with you starting a new year and we've got the hope of vaccines coming and uh, it looks as if things can begin to improve from here on. So we bow our heads for a prayer. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your care and protection for us through all the difficulties of the past year. We thank you for your loving care for those who have lost loved ones and suffered during that time. We pray for your care and your protection in the new year for ourselves and our families and for all people. We pray for restoration of hope in our economies, for jobs, for prosperity to return. We thank you for the new vaccines. We pray for success in spreading their protection around the world and for an end to this paralyzing virus. You are our refuge and strength and we trust in you. Amen. So we're looking uh, during the last few weeks over Christmas, we looked at uh, the Luke's Gospel and the stories of Jesus' birth. And uh, today we're looking at the account of the wise men from Matthew's Gospel. They were the first Gentiles, the first non-Jewish people to come to worship Jesus. And their coming was a first fulfillment of that lovely Old Testament reading which we had uh, earlier. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you, and the nations will come to your light. It's a lovely passage. It's got a, a, a real sense of promise and hope, but it also is in within the context of darkness pressing in and violence threatening violence. So the wise men traveled about 800 miles to see this uh, phenomena of the new king, to worship the child, born to be the king of the Jews and a world ruler. And they perhaps traveled in a convoy with uh, lots of people. And uh, they would have had uh, lots of attendants if because of their status. And uh, they would have uh, had a, a protective guard to make sure they were safe on the journey. And they might have been traveling for 40 days. The Magi were not kings, they were scholars and astrologers. And their role in the Babylonian society that they came from was to look at the stars and to interpret what was happening. That was their culture, that was what they did. They were the kind of people that would have been uh, civil servants with Daniel in previous generations. They knew the stars and the planets and their movements and the, they attributed meaning to that, trying to discern the future in the stars is not though a practice that the Bible condones. 
It doesn't, uh, it's not encouraged in Scripture. Our futures are actually in God's hands, not in the stars. But, but there is another, this is another example of how gracious the Lord our God is. He's able to communicate with people with a different culture and a different understanding and to let them know what they need to know in order to get in the right place. I'm amazed at the TV programs. I don't know if you've seen uh, on Dutch TV some of the Brian Cox programs about physics and the astrology, uh, the, uh, astro the astronomy, sorry, uh, and um, what they can discover about the universe. Uh, it's inspiring to me. I am amazed that he can see all that and not become a Christian, but I don't, I don't understand. Uh, uh, it's obviously, uh, it might come, come along eventually. But this is different to the astrology of the wise men. Modern astronomers can calculate uh, where, what the stars look like at any particular time in history and how they would have appeared from any particular place on earth at that time in history. And um, that it has been calculated that in the 7 BC, seven years before the beginning of our era, BC stands for before Christ, you could say, uh, but actually the monks got it wrong. They calculated the date wrongly, and they're about seven years out. Because uh, uh, in, in uh, 7 BC, Jupiter, the planet of world ruler, and Saturn, the planet of Palestine, were in a kind of an alignment. So uh, observed from um, the Middle East, uh, it looked as if these two stars coming together began to look like one big star. Now we don't know for certain if that's what inspired the wise men to go to Jerusalem looking for the new king. We do know that uh, King Herod, the king who was looking to kill Jesus in this story, he died in 4 BC, so the monks must have got it wrong when they were calculating the date. But it doesn't affect, uh, the, uh, there's no uh, negative effect to the con uh, or consequence for the accuracy of Matthew's story. Once the Magi saw the star, they it would have taken them time to think that's what it is and consult with their other friends what does it mean and then what should we do about it and eventually they uh, they decided that they would go to Jerusalem and they prepared for a long and dangerous and difficult journey 800 miles even if you've got camels it takes a long time and uh, it wouldn't be following a star in the same way that we follow somebody on a bicycle. You know, you've you got somebody that knows the way and they'll go ahead. It wouldn't be like that. It would be more like following the interpretation of what the star meant. 
a world ruler born as the king of the Jews. So where do you go? You go to Jerusalem. And where do you go in Jerusalem? You're not looking for a star anymore. You're going to the palace where the king's children will be born. And when they told uh, the king Herod that they had come to worship the new king of the Jews, Herod was deeply disturbed. His main aim was to carry on being king himself and for his family to succeed him. It became uh, widely known in Jerusalem and other people would be disturbed as well because uh, Herod was an erratic man, morbidly suspicious, paranoid and a ruthless tyrant and he could break out and do anything to anybody at any time if he felt threatened. He'd murdered his own wife, he had uh, killed several of his own sons and other relatives. But he was crafty in the way that he dealt with the wise men. He, he didn't show his anger or his displeasure and the, the Magi, he wanted to enlist their help to, uh, to, look after, to help him to find this new king. If the Magi found the child first, then he would more easily discover and kill the child. So Herod inquired from the priests and the teachers of the law where the Messiah would be born. And they said, yes, uh, it's definitely the uh, descendant of David would be born in Bethlehem. And uh, the king uh, asked, the, asked them clearly. They didn't show any interest that they would want to go and worship this king. They were quite happy in the temple. Uh, but uh, they, uh, Herod inquired from the Magi about what time the star had first appeared. Because he wanted to know how old this king might be, this child might be. And then he said, well, you, uh, you'll find him. You go to Bethlehem, and when you found him, tell me so that I can go and worship him as well. Evil's very deceptive at times. Doesn't mind uh, lies. That, uh, it's only interested in its own interests. Now, Joseph and Mary... In the meantime, they had decided to settle in Bethlehem. Perhaps they also thought, uh, God has sent us here for the child to be born, and he is the son of David. He is a descendant of the king, and we'll probably ought to stay here. We don't know why they stayed there. But by the time the Magi arrived, Matthew tells us that Jesus was no longer a baby in a stable, but he was a child living in a house, and he might have been up to three years old. We know that from the, the length, the choice that Herod made to kill all the children, boy children, of two and under. Now, if the child was not in a palace, how would the Magi identify which child it was? Uh, Bethlehem was a large village. They call it a city, but it, it would be what we would think of as a large village. There might have been 
10 to 30 children, boy children, under the age of three in that village. They may have been puzzled, just as often as we're puzzled when we're looking for guidance from God. It's not easy always to know exactly what to do or how to, how, what choices to make. But looking for guidance needs patience and we also need the faith to believe that God will guide us. He will lead us. And we also need to be active in following the clues that we have. The wise men uh, could have said, well, how will we find this child? But they had a clue, Bethlehem. So they set off six miles south, going towards Bethlehem. Now stars don't, don't naturally move and settle on a house, on a particular house. How would God guide them? They probably hadn't been following a, a literal star on the way to Jerusalem anyway. How would the Lord guide them to the right place? Well, perhaps the Lord sent one of his angels to appear like a star and to be over a particular house. That's the only thing I can think of. Because um, the God who had guided them so far did not let them down. As they arrived at Bethlehem, they saw a star over a particular house. And they went to the house and they found Joseph and Mary and the child. And they worshipped him. And it says in Matthew's Gospel, they saw the star and they were overjoyed. That means a big smile, overjoyed. I feel confident that anyone who wants to know God's will for their life will find it today, this year, amid all the upsets and disruption that we've experienced in our life. God is still active and able to show his will to us. So Matthew doesn't tell us how many wise men there were. We always sing about three. But Matthew doesn't say there were three wise men. He says there were three gifts. I'm giving the grown-up version of the story. <laughs> there were three gifts. And the gifts were wonderful gifts, expensive gifts, and something important and they say something important and significant about who Jesus was there was gold a gift for a king Jesus was the God-given king that was sent to be the savior there was frankincense like incense that is used in some churches and it was uh, it had a fragrance and it was used in the temple. And it was, um, uh, it shows that Jesus was going to be a priest. He was uh, someone who would show us what God was like. And he would lift us up to God and stand in for us. He was going to be our representative to God. 
And then there was myrrh. And that chimes in with the story from, from the um, Isaiah as well, about the darkness and the death that Jesus would suffer. It's all of one story. The whole gospel story is alive with the promise of God coming to rescue his people, but also of deep darkness and threat and risk. And the spiritual forces of darkness were out to get Jesus right from the beginning. And that carried on all the way through his life. And he had to be protected by secrecy. His parents hiding him and not telling people what they knew about who he was. The spiritual forces of darkness happily give their power to people like King Herod, who will work against the coming of God's kingdom. And it's still happening today. But God's plans for blessing his world will not in the end be frustrated by the, uh, by the plans of evil spiritual forces or by the plans of evil people. When the wise men left Bethlehem, they didn't go back to King Herod because God advised them in a dream and warned them not to do it. And that night, G Joseph, who was caring for Jesus and Mary, had in a dream that he had to leave and escape Egypt to be safe from King Herod, who was determined to kill him. And they had to make a quick decision. They had to get up that night and go and find the donkey and, and get uh, the few belongings that they had and, and go immediately into exile. Like many of the people that we've been reading about in our newspapers uh, over the last few years, so many refugees in the world. Jesus and his parents became refugees and they set off 90 miles down to the border of Egypt. And those precious gifts that they'd been given would come in very handy. They weren't going to save it till Jesus died with the myrrh. They were going to use the gold and the frankincense and, and sell them on and provide for themselves until Joseph could get a job in Egypt. That sounds very modern, doesn't it? So many things have, that are happening today with people. But it happened to Jesus when he was a small child. And when we give our gifts and our lives to God, he will use them just as he used the gifts of the wise men and the obedience of Joseph and Mary. God will achieve his purpose and the evil plans will not frustrate it. One of my favorite carols is um, the, uh, um, in the bleak midwinter in the bleak midwinter and there's a verse in it what can i give him poor as i am if i were a shepherd i would bring a lamb if i were a wise man i would do my part yet what i can i give him give him my heart and this is what god is hoping 
It's the greatest gift that we can give to our Lord Jesus, is to give ourselves, to give our, our lives into his hands, to look for his guidance, to learn to know and to trust him, to respond in love to him. I don't mean some dramatic gesture, uh, a one-off experience, but this is a day by day, putting our lives into God's hands, trusting him today, following him today, living in obedience to him today, following his teaching and the leading of his Holy Spirit who lives within us. The life of faith is a life to be lived in relationship. They called the early Christians people of the way. They were the ones that were walking in the way of Jesus. And we are children of our loving Heavenly Father. We are citizens together of the kingdom of heaven. We're under God's protection as the sheep of his flock. So we can go forward into this new year with confidence. Not self-confidence that, no, I won't catch a disease or I won't this. But a sensible confidence of putting our trust day by day in a Father who's greater and bigger and cares for us. Shall we be, uh, bow our heads for a prayer? O oh God of light and power, as you led the wise men by a star to worship your Son, Guide us by your spirit to offer Jesus our worship, our gifts, and our lives. Amen. So we're going to uh, stand now, in, uh, in church at least, and uh, we're going to use the words of the responsive creed to affirm our faith in God our Father, in Jesus, and in the Holy Spirit. <clears throat>